My name is Daisy, also known as Elements of Daisy, and I'm super excited because I'm starting this new um, series of, I would say, like interviews of amazing, badass, ultra running women. Um, I'm calling it She Runs Trails, and the main purpose of this um, is to educate, empower, and inspire other women to get into trail running. The sport ultra running is really dominated by males. So I'm really on a mission of changing that. I feel like more women should be out there running. Um, usually when you go out in a race, 75% of them are runners are males and a very small portion are females. So I'm hoping that by interviewing other females and every other female sharing their story, this will inspire more ladies out there to get out and push the distance. Today, we're gonna have this amazing woman. Her name is Cindy. Many of you know her as Cindy Hikes. Um, she has backpacking experience, mountaineering experience, and ultra running experience. She's a super badass woman, and I am super excited to bring her on and talk to you, learn more about her um, about her journey and her story and and if you guys have any questions feel free to write down in the comments below um before i bring her on i do want to share a few pictures so you guys could kind of get an idea if you guys don't know who cindy is you guys have an idea of who she is um it's my first time doing this so here's cindy i i'm not sure which mountain she's in i think it's mount rainier but is one of her mountaineering experience so she does have a lot of mountaineering experience uh let's see here's her running in the ray lakes so she does a lot of sierra nevada adventures um here's another of her mountaineering experience um adventures so she does have a lot of endurance this is a picture of her running her most recent race, which is the 100 miler, which we'll be talking more about. And we, um, so I wanted to share that of her. And how do, and this is another post she posted with her, I'm sure it's her favorite partner in crime, her venture partner with her boyfriend, Jose, who is also um, an ultra runner. All right, so I am going to bring her on. Let me stop sharing. Let's see if we could bring. I think I got her. Let's see. Oh, there you are. Yay. <laughs> Hi, Cindy. Hi. Your long time no see. Hi, <laughs> since the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, for those that do not know Cindy, I, I, I just shared a little bit about you. I'm not sure if you saw the pictures that I shared of you doing your crazy, amazing things that, that, you, know, that you do. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning this, how to use this thing. So, um, so Cindy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, how did you get into specifically ultra running? Um, share everyone, how did you get into ultra running? Well, I started running since I was young, maybe in middle school. My dad ran marathons. And then in high school, I did cross country and I started hiking. I've been hiking for over 12 years, but I didn't start ultra running till 2018 when Jose, I would go to his races. I would uh, crew and pace and people started like nudging me like, when are you going to run? And Jose would be like, it's your turn to do a 50K and um, don't you ever want to run a hundred miler? And 
that's where the inspiration grew. I was like, if they can do it, so can I. So I got really excited and I thought, let me try, let me give it a try. But I started small. I started with a 30K and then it, it started growing. When, from when there. did you run your 30K? I ran it in April of 2018. Okay. And then you went, you did the 50K and then you did the 50 miler right after, right? Did you do a 50K or did you go straight to the 50 miler? I did a 50K. I did a 50K, 50K later that year in November. And then I did another 50K and then I did a 50 miler. And if you were to tell the Cindy, like the Cindy now, like the Cindy now with a few 50 milers and a hundred miler under her belt, <laughs> the Cindy now were to talk to that Cindy back when she was running her first 50K, what advice would you give her? I would tell myself to have fun, enjoy it. I mean, it goes so fast. The races go by so fast. I would say enjoy it. And also don't compare yourself to anybody, to anybody's training or the race performance, anything. Just do your own race because, you know, your body is so different. So just listen to your body and honor it. That's it. Just listen to your own body. Is there anything like from how many 50 milers have you done? I have done two. And what was like a learning lesson from each 50 miler? So the 50, <laughs> the first one was Leona, but no, or Avalon. Leona, the 50 miler? My first 50 miler was in the city of Lone Pine in Alabama Hills. It's called the Wild Wild West. It's at the base of the Sierra Nevada. And I mean, the thing I learned from there is size up your shoe. Because after the 50K, you're feet start swelling and I didn't have an extra an extra pair that was bigger so that's what I learned from that one um and then for my other 50 miler what did I learn um like enjoy the Avalon? Avalon, Avalon, right? yeah. Yeah. Avalon yeah I was just like enjoy the views and um and what's your go-to shoe for like your 50 plus 100 miler like you know when you start running those very multi more than 10 hours sort of thing what, what's like your go-to shoe i love the cushion of the ultra olympus so for the 50 miler 100 mile distance the olympus that's your go-to okay. shoe yeah uh, i need so extra like, cushion i need extra cushion and um is there some habits that you've picked along the way since you started your trail running that you feel that has really helped you? Um, I know that you're a person that likes to constantly educate yourself and learn all like, like, I know you're the one who recommended me the book, uh, Roar, which yeah. is an amazing book for uh, female athletes. You know, we sometimes, you know, they talk about fasting. Fasting is great. Yeah, but fasting is great for guys, but it's not so much great for women. And, and that's something that we forget that, you know, female athletes, we're different than men. And it's so hard not to always compare ourselves. Like, yes, men are going to be faster than you. They're going to see better progress than you. Like, we have different things. We have our period. We have our hormones going on. We have so much happening. So what are some habits or some things that you've picked along the way of your trail running um, or ultra running career that has really helped you and the pros and benefits you've seen? So I think the most important habit is consistency. Um, that's when I started seeing, I started feeling stronger. I would prioritize my time and prioritize running and schedule my runs into the, into the daily because 
that's when I started seeing the most difference, like consistency. I would focus on getting the miles, um, doing it day after day, but pretty much the most important thing is eating enough, like making sure to have a good breakfast. Uh, it doesn't matter the way your body looks. Just, I started focusing more on the way, the way it performs, like when I would feel strong. So definitely no fasting, um, trying to eat nutritious food when I can and, you know, a little splurge here and there, but pretty much eat enough because for the long distances, you can't skimp out on, on calories. Your body needs nutritious food. So eat enough, eat enough. And like your body is asking for food. So just stay hydrated and stay with enough calories. Does your breakfast look different when you're going to go for like, a, let's say a one hour or two hour run or when you're going to do it all day? Or is it pretty much so similar? Or you could give us some examples of what you eat depending on your training day. So for example, today I did an eight mile run and I had half a banana <laughs> because I wasn't, I wasn't too hungry. And um, on the run, I had a little bit of uh, calories in my, in my bottle of water, but on a long run, I'm going to have a piece of toast or an oatmeal. I definitely eat more if I'm going to do 15 plus miles that way, maybe an hour before and then eat every 45 minutes to an hour during a long run. So it definitely looks different. And how about how about like um, drinks? Do you drink coffee, electrolytes or any type of before your runs or the day before your run, especially when you have like those 20 plus mile training runs um, that you see has helped you? Um, I, I've been cutting out the coffee, but water and tea, I probably drink a liter of water before I even head out on a run. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I try to, I, I try to chug a liter of water before, before even starting my day. And that has really helped you stay hydrated throughout your run. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Mike's asked, uh, what do you eat on a 50 mile race? Well, I luckily the eight stations will provide um, salted potatoes. Watermelon is a good one for those hot races. Um, what else? Bananas, bananas, and I will carry uh, some gels in my pack. Something that will not accept my stomach. I found that um, Huma gels have been really good, and I'll just go off the eight station. Um, I will definitely pack. CarboPro, which is uh, liquid calories. Um, I feel like I still feel light enough and I, it gives me a lot of energy. And how, how, how much of a liquid calories, like, is it more of like a staple, almost like in all your runs, do you always have like a bottle? Like, is it a, how much amount of liquid calories compared to solid foods and, or real foods too, right? Like, are you constantly eating more real foods? Or are you more dependent on like, okay, the gels and, and more of like the prepackaged food or the lick, or is it kind of like a balance between the three of them? I try to do mostly real food, okay. mostly real food. And I'll supplement with maybe uh, 200 calories or 300 calories from, from CarboPro um, in the beginning, in the beginning, because uh, like you're starting out and you don't need as much. You've had breakfast. So I'll start out with CarboPro and then go towards more real food. 
And you have found that real food is kind of like what helps better. Do you have you ever had GI issues or with your stomach, or have you uh, what have you done to prevent GI issues? If if there's something that you've done, uh, what I have done is Tums. Tums mm-hmm. help me. Tums help me because I I do get a little bit of nausea um, later on in the race. Yeah, okay. later on in certain races, I will have some GI issues. So Tums will definitely help me. Thank you. Thank you. I know that's what I learned from you and Jose was the Tums. Like, and I know I remember you guys were telling like, get, get to Tums when we're doing our 100 miler. Like, just eat Tums. Just cost. Don't wait until you need it. Because yeah. that, that's probably one of the biggest lessons is like, don't wait until you're hungry. Don't wait until that shaping becomes a bigger problem. Like, take care of the little problems right away before, like, don't wait until you're puking on the side of the trail to try to yeah. fix that issue. Um, so last year was a big, it was a roller coaster year, right? Like, yeah. You you started with running a hundred miles. We, um, Cindy and I, for those that haven't or haven't been following us that long, we ran the first hundred miles of the PCT together, um, supported by our boyfriends, because um, it was still COVID time, so we couldn't have groups of people helping us out and stuff like that. And then um, late a couple months later, um, Cindy had an accident, which you can talk a little bit more about. And then um, yeah, actually, let's do what what happened. A few months after the hundred, which is, I think, was it around March, right? It was March. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a couple days um, after a snowstorm, and our friends and I, we wanted to go see all the fresh fallen snow on the trees, and we've done it so many times, but we ended up being involved in an avalanche in on the Baldy Bowl of Mount Baldy. So. I was at around 9,500 feet and I fell 500 feet. The avalanche just brought me down. I tumbled. I hit rocks. Um, I, at one point, I lost my ice axe. Um, luckily, it didn't stab me. I was able to grab it, try to self-arrest. Um, I couldn't. The avalanche was just too powerful and it knocked me down. I, I thought those would have been like my last breaths. I was gasping for breath as the snow would bury me. And just Man. to put this in perspective, guys, like Cindy has climbed like Pico de Alvisaba, which is like the highest mountain in Mexico. She's climbed Mount Rainier. She's climbed, is it Mount St. Helens in Washington, right? That's another big one. She's climbed many big, you know, mountains and she mm-hmm. has mountaineering experience. So it's like any, this can happen to anyone, right? Like these accidents happen and it, it's kind of like just always do what you can, but it happens to everyone. And what, what, so you got off, did you get, you were able to get off the mountain safely? Yes, yes, I was. I was able to hike out um, on my own uh, really slowly because I was in pain. Luckily, nothing was broken. Nothing was fractured. Um, but just the the trauma from the fall, the bruise, a lot of bruising and a lot of swelling. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, bend my right knee I had a I hit a really big rock on my on my right leg on my hamstring and um I ha- I was using crutches I was using a cane I, I was limping around and at this time you had signed up for a race was it this did you already had signed up for a race did I had already- yeah I had a hundred miler coming up in June so this was in March and in June I had the hundred miler the San Diego 100 and I thought, how would I be able to do this? I can barely walk. Will I ever be able to run again? I was limping around. I, I like I said, I, I was on a crutch. I was on crutches. 
And how, how I'm sure, you know, for, you know, any athlete, the worst, our worst nightmare is getting injured, right? Like we, we don't know, but no, regardless of the type of injury from like a sprained ankle to, you know, being, you know, you know hospitalized or surgery or wh whatever the situation is. But like, I know it takes a lot of our mental toll and it's kind of like our mental health kind of really takes a toll on us no matter how, I would say like, no matter how mental toughness you may have, like it, it like you, you can, you know, it, it, it doesn't, I feel like every, it hits you all, it hits us all, right? It doesn't matter how much mental toughness or how many positive affirmations we say or believe that we'll get better. Like, how did you, what did you do to kind of, I'm sure there's probably a period where you kind of felt like, you know, like you were just mentioning, like, am I ever going to be able to run again? And it was probably very sad for you to even think about the idea of never running again. Like, what did you start doing? And um, how long did you go without running? So it was about eight weeks. It was maybe six to eight weeks of, of no running. It was so painful to even walk. And like I said, I couldn't even bend my, my right knee. Um, that was the hardest part. I consider myself a, a pretty active person and I like being outside if whatever it is, hiking, walking. So that was the hardest part, like being confined to being inside and I mean, not being able to do the things I liked, hiking, running, climbing mountains. That was the hardest part. Did, did you do anything? Did you pick up something else or did you start doing something to kind of help you cope and navigate through this? Well, um, I had a lot of free time, so I was trying to do the most to get my body to heal faster. So I really focused on eating really nutritious food to just start healing faster. But I mean, all the all the negative thoughts would seep in. It would um, you start thinking all these negative thoughts like, will I be able to do this anymore? Um everybody else is running and I I'm like stuck here and you know but the thing that got me through it is being positive I was I practiced a lot of gratitude because it was it was so difficult so I would tell myself um like if I worry what are the good things that I'm missing I still I survived I had my life I had another chance so I practiced a lot of gratitude daily and that's pretty much what saved me. I, I was so grateful to have survived it and be surrounded by friends and family. And luckily I had the support of, you know, like my friends and family, they would tell me like, Hey, even though we can't run, like let's meet up for, for coffee, let's meet up for a drink or something. And that, that helped me a lot. Just even, you know, driving out, to to nature and just like sitting there because just being thankful for the little things like honestly just practicing a lot of gratitude because it could have been worse yeah yeah that like you could have lost your leg or something you know or, like and then yeah. just something a lot harder which is not possible you know you hear those crazy stories of people losing their legs and then they get you know and they're running right they're doing or they're in the wheelchair doing stuff but it's definitely you know it's just taking it for what it is and not make it worse or better just kind of take it for what it is and when when did you go for your first run like so you're injured you're out for like eight weeks and how did that first run how did that feel like you went out for your first run and how many miles or how long did you do like what was that like take me to that day you, you you're injured and you finally decide okay i'm gonna test my legs and see or did you start hiking first and then ran like what was the transition between your injury and like okay let me get back into training again 
So I started doing walking. I would just walk around the park a mile. And then I would try to do little bursts of like little bursts of running, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, 40 feet, 50 feet. And the, the pain would shoot through my hamstring and I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I, I would do it like really short, maybe half a mile at a time. And then I would stop because I didn't want it to get worse. So it was a really slow, it was a really slow process, pretty much um, in the beginning, knowing that there was nothing fractured or broken, I just had to take it slow and not push the muscle. Um, so it was just a really slow progress. But the first run, I was able to, I went out to uh, Box Springs Mountain here in Riverside and um I was so happy because I did three miles and I ran all uphill because the uphill didn't hurt (laughs) on the downhill. That's when I would start feeling a little bit of pain. So I'm like, okay, just walk it down. And that's how it started. Just like running the uphills and then walking the down. And after a while, by, by the end of May, I was starting to build up the miles without pain. And that's when I started feeling more comfortable and building up, building up a little bit of fitness. And then at what point did you decide to sign up for, so you're, you're injured, you were going to do your hundred miler, San Diego gets canceled or postponed because of the pandemic. And at what point do you decide like, you know what, I'm just going to sign up for a hundred miler. Like what, what was that? Like, what I want to take me to that process. Like what what made you like, just like, I'm just going to sign up for a hundred miler just a few months later. Right. Cause that, that's it. November. I didn't want to wait another year. I started uh, started building up. I had I no longer had any pain. Um, I was doing more hiking, um, and my birthday rolled around, and I was thinking like I don't want to wait anymore. This is I don't I want to try it. I want to um, do a hundred. So I I was on the wait list for the Rio del Lago in uh, 2020 when everything else got canceled, but it got canceled as well. So I received an email saying, Hey, it's opening up. So for my birthday, um, I signed up. That's when, that's when it was, I signed up. So that was at the end of June and I had four months, four months to, to build up and to get ready for the hundred miler. Um, do you feel that you're, because I, I know some people are like, you know, they think like you have to train many, many months, but talk a little bit about base training, like how base training has helped you. Like not yeah. just, you know, you, I know you do a lot of mountaineering and a lot of hiking and a lot, like you're a lot of time, endurance stuff, right? Things that are going to be in your time. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that has contributed to being able to like, okay, now I have a base and then I can start a training for like a hundred miler in four months. Yeah. So I've, during the winter season, I will I will run trails, and during the summer, I will go to the Sierra Nevada. So, like you said, it's it's just staying active throughout the year. And even though I was out for those eight weeks or ten weeks that I wasn't able to run, we had done the hundred miler in January and February. I continued with the running, so um, I felt like I had like a good base. I had done 50 milers prior. I had done a hundred, hundred miler with you. So, um, I, I think I just had to build up the back to backs, but that 
that base training was was still there. I, I don't think I had lost it within, you know, two months of of not doing too much or being on my feet. But that's what I had to train. I had to spend more time on feet, more mm -hmm. back to back. And you picked it up because I know in the summer, like we did the Ray Lake loops in August, which was awesome. And I know that you paced Jose, which means, you know, I know you pace, you guys, we guys pace each other. It's pretty much like you guys are running like a 50 miler with each other. <laughs> like You guys run with each other most of the race. But um, when, so I know you get into the fall or so your race is in November, summer happens. What happened in right, like a couple months before your race? where you had you hit another um oh i think i lost you uh oh um or is it there okay you're back okay I, or i don't remember if it was me but you're like the little thing was um but yeah so before you so between the summer and before your race you had another hiccup or bump or kind of thing like unexpected like take us through that journey of like okay you're doing great you came over and you overcame that went that winter injury you picked up training you're on track with your training and your race is just a couple months away. What happened? I got a piriformis injury um, on my good leg, not the leg that got hurt in the avalanche. Um, um, I, I think I built up too soon or I did too many miles for that my body couldn't handle. So I had to focus on, um, physical therapy exercises. I did a lot of band work. Um, I don't know exactly what caused it, but I think it was um, lack of strength training. So I did a lot of um, back to backs, maybe like a 30 day, 30 mile day, and then a 20 mile day. And I think that was just too much. So um, like I said earlier, that's one of the things I learned, listen to your body. If you're feeling a little tired, take that recovery day. So um, maybe I think that was a month out from the hundred miler. So up to September, I was building up so well. And then a month out from the race, it, it started, the injury started hurting so much. I had to, um, cut the, cut the miles. I had to cut down the miles and, um, I think it helped to, to cut down the miles in order to do like an early taper and, mm -hmm let the body recover. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like that helped you in your race? Like, or was there any point in during that period in October where you actually questioned whether or not you were going to run your um, Rio in November? Yeah, I thought I was, I wasn't going to be able to run it. It, it hurt so much. And it was maybe three weeks that I wasn't able to, to run. Um, and I told myself like, from now on, you really need to prioritize strength training because um, weak weak glutes or weak hips will cause overuse of other areas, and that's what causes injury. So, pretty mm -hmm. much prioritizing those things. It's it's not just running. It's it's uh, massages and yoga and foam rolling. It's it's so many things. Recovery. It's so many things and. I, I really thought I wasn't going to be able to run. I, I was even thinking of, of canceling, canceling the race. Like, should I even show up? But, um, I think one of the things I learned is, um, 
the, the pain is a lot of times in your, in your mind. Mm. Um, I, during that time, I ended up reading a book, uh, the way out, I think by the author last name, Gordon, um, your mind controls a lot of the pain. And I think the fear of the hundred miler, um, made the pain feel worse. Mm-hmm. I was just maybe the fear of, of the unknown or what could happen. Um, it made me hyper-focused on that pain and slowly with my mind, I, I started, um, like calming myself and telling myself that, that, um, the pain was, wasn't as strong as I, as I thought. And, uh, with, along with the physical therapy, it, it got better. It got much better. There's actually a question about fitness. Let me see. Oh, no. Let me see if I can pull it. Nope. Hold on. I can press the right button here. Um, there was a question here that someone asked, what's your most beneficial workout or exercise? Um, so that you have found that really helps when it comes to running, like what, I know you talked a little bit about the glutes, um, but what is some, you know, exercise workouts you do that has really helped benefit, or, you you know, you do a lot because it helps you with your running performance. Um, I try to focus on single leg exercises, maybe for the legs, um, like a split squat or single leg, um, hip thrust, um, single, like lunges, things that work your legs, um, um, like one on one at a time and to help with balance and to help strengthen each leg. Um, mm-hmm. but I think one of the other things that really helped was stretching and doing yoga because that allows you to do, um, a back to back. It helps keep you limber and light and definitely strength and yoga have really supplemented uh running it have it has really helped me like keep going how much stretching do you do i know i know that like you know like what do you do before your run what do you do after your run and is there any more stretching that you do at home or before you like any other time schedule of your like what kind of because i really like what you like you know you have showed me like before you run you're always like you could just share you could share what you what you do before your runs during before my run, I will do uh, maybe like a five minute, maybe two, three minutes, just a, um, a dynamic, uh, dynamic warm up, just like leg swings. Um, uh, I don't know the names. Yeah, of them, like kind, but of, like, just just like, kind of like not holding the stretches, but just yeah, kind of move just um, dynamic, like, yeah. like dynamic squat stretches, dynamic uh, stuff that is uh, warming me up, just like movements and then after the after the run same thing uh another five minute uh quad stretch calf stretch um uh hamstring stretch just quick stretches and in the evenings i do also a little bit more i'll do maybe like 15 minutes along with my foam roll of um like hip stretches more more deeper stretches yeah. Do you use and the roller? Was- Is that when you start using the roller when you're at home? Yeah, in the evenings. Yeah. yeah. And and usually try to do it like, you know, in even a little bit, right? Like a few minutes. You don't have to do a full hour of stretching and foam rolling. Even it's like five or ten minutes before going to bed. That 
that little five minutes makes such a big difference uh, from preventing an injury or just recovering quicker and, and our body, our muscles not feeling so tight when we go out for runs. Um, there is a few other questions here. I think there was a, what's the, your most benefit? Oh, nope, let me reset that one. Oh, wait, let's do that one later. Um, hold on. I want to do that. We'll do that one at the end. So what's your preferred fuel for long runs in the mountains? So you talked about, you know, your real foods, Carbo Pro, you, Huma Bean. And if you guys, she's an ambassador for Huma, Huma I'm saying, am I saying it right? Huma Bean. Um, she, she put a discount code in her recent, I think it's her second to most recent post. So you guys could check it out in her IG. You guys could get 10% off. It's really good, natural stuff. Um, another one, what do you use for fuel? So let's. All right, so let's talk about, let's go back to Rio. Um, um, Ro has a question about your 100-mile race, and did you hit a wall? So you ended up, so you did end up going, you decided to do the 100-miler, you felt better, and you're like, you know what, let me just, yeah. how did you go in with the race? So you, you're coming back from an in, another injury. Like, what was, what was your thought? I'm like, okay, I'm going to run this. What was your why, and what was your thought going into the race? My why? Um, I was just so grateful to even be able to run. I was, I just went in grateful, uh, for being out there. I was going to just smile and enjoy every single mile. I was just having, going out there to have fun and, you know, try my best. Um, that was the main thing, just being super grateful. That was my why. And then what is the second part? And, um, yeah so what how did you go in it but yeah it was just kind of you went with an open mind no kind of no expectations just having fun and then your yeah. why was just being grateful that you're, you get to run right and then Ro is asking the question did you did you hit a wall and at what mile and how did you recover from it so what was um, the hardest part or the hundred mile um you did in november all right so the hardest part um the hardest part was mile 70. The race starts at mile 70. That's when it starts. Everything starts hurting. Um, it starts getting cold. The sun is gone. So um, that that's it. Mile 70. That was a wall. How did I recover from it? Um, I just kept eating. I just kept eating and I would put my headphones in. I would listen to um, some motivational podcast and I would just keep going. I would tell myself over and over. I would get these little mantras in my head, like um, up the hill with my iron will, or mm. I can do it just like over and over. And then you start believing it. You start saying like, I can do this. Like I came here to finish and I just start repeating these little positive mantras in my mind and just like one foot in front of another. Um, I asked my pacer to talk to me, tell me stories, joke around with me and just continue eating, set, um, set an alarm for, um, for fuel every 30 minutes after mile 30, you start feeling when, um, you need calories. So just eating constantly, eating constantly and a lot of caffeine. And did you, what would you tell someone who's never had a pacer before? So they're running their first race where they can get a pacer. What advice or what 
questions will you tell them to ask or consider when considering a pacer? Like what, what advice will you give someone looking for a pacer? Because um, someone, someone may need a pacer and they just, you know, sometimes you pick a friend, but like what advice would you give someone looking for a pacer because they're doing their first 100, 100K or 100 miler? Um, find a buddy. Find somebody that you enjoy being with and tell them what you are looking for because I prefer somebody to be talking to me. Some people just want the company. They want silence. So <laughs> just let them know what you want. You know, um, do you, like I said, talking, no talking, and um, help you keep the pace, keep you motivated and keep you, you know, keep you, keep pushing you. That's, that's what I like. I like a lot of talking and I like a lot of positivity that there will be no doubt that I will be able to finish and just keep me on pace. Like, come on, there's this many miles left and you need to keep this pace. Let's go. So having that conversation before, not when you're, yeah. you're 70 miles in and you're upset because this person's not talking to you and you know, now you have all these emotions happening, coming across yeah. and Melissa asked too. So now it's the other way around. Uh, what advice would you give someone pacing someone? So let's say someone wants to pace their friend. What advice would you give someone who's never paced before and they want to pace someone um, else in a hundred miler? Uh, some advice I would say. Um, have fun. Have fun. Uh, also, keep eating yourself. Like, take care of yourself. That way you can help your runner. Um Focus on aid stations. Make sure you're on trail. Don't get your runner lost. Um, uh, keep track of time. Make sure you're making cutoffs. Um, um, and maybe, like, ask your runner, like, what do you want? Do you want me to play some music? Do you, um, do you want me to remind you when to eat? Um, like, what? options do you want me to offer you and um like take care of the things that the runner will be so tired to forget maybe like do you need to apply some vaseline do you need mm -hmm. to change your socks do you need to apply some moleskin uh do you want a change of clothes like maybe remind the runner what they need to um what they need to do because sometimes you're just so tired you're just like need to go need yeah. to walk yeah. Or, or just and then one thing not to do if you ever pay someone do not take off this is not your race this is not your yeah. run do not go in your runner or go so ahead that your runner can catch up to you um i think that's a very common mistake um i'm not gonna put jesse on blast but i get you know i'm his girlfriend so <laughs> so you know jesse's never paced before and he didn't know he didn't know what a pacer duties were and he just kind of like you know we're at mile 45 and he's fresh legs and he just like takes off running and we're like where's jesse going and then, so it's kind of like you're there for the runner you're not there this is not your race this is you know this is for you to keep the runner company so that's something not to do do not take off and leave your runner behind um and then um michael disco loco here saying um if, is a pacer necessary you think a solo is recommended and why um a pacer is not necessary so many people do it all on their own which wow how do they do that i need company i need a little of extra help i need a little pampering like 
it feels so good for, you know, like friends and family to be helping you, but like you can totally do it solo. You just have to um, be ready. You have to be ready, like very mentally prepared that nobody's out there cheering for you. Nobody's helping you. you just have to go based off your aid stations and your drop bags. So you just have to be extra prepared because nobody's going to, keep you up at night nobody's gonna you know feed you a little extra caffeine like you have to do it all for yourself so it's it's a it's a hundred miler to the next level and it's doable i know like the ac 100 they have like people who do solo like they they have their own i think they're they're belt, i think their butt their butt <laughs> their belt buckle wait their belt buckle has it says solo on their yeah. or, or, like like it, it is it is acknowledged to another extreme and you know people do it people like some people don't like running with other people and they, they if you train by yourself and you can run 24 hours by yourself and that's something you like to do like it's totally doable um we have a few more questions here let's see will you be doing another 100 miles so what's next what are you training now for um cindy I do. I have the San Diego 100 in June. So the countdown has started. The training has begun. So I have the Leona Divide 100K as a as a training for the San Diego 100. So I need to focus on a lot of heat training. So heat training is the thing for me this year and a lot of strength to get ready for to make my body strong to be ready for those 100 miles. So now talking about training, so how, how do you go about, so when you sign up for a race and you start looking at how you're training, what are things that you look at when you sign, like, okay, like you signed up for, let's say, so you signed up for San Diego 100. What are the things that you look at that race so that you can start your training? So you don't just get up and run random miles, right? Like you look at this race, like what are some things that you look at when you sign up for a race and you start your training? What? Yeah. Am I making sense? Sorry, I think I'm confusing myself. So like, so you look at a training, you signed up for San Diego, what are things that you're looking at while you're creating your training plan? Um, what am I looking at? Um, I want to build up slowly. And first I look at the course, what, uh, what is it gonna be? How much gain? How much gain? What are the conditions? Um, hopefully run on the, run on the course a little bit or comparable. Um, and from word of mouth and knowing how hot it gets in that time, I know that I'm going to need a little bit, um, like a lot of heat training. Um, but I want to build up slowly the, that base. I want to build up a base and, um, focus on the back to back. So my body will handle and focus on time on feet because you will be, you know, on your feet for over 24 hours. So focus on having my body be able to handle all those hours. So a lot of hiking practice my hiking because a lot of the, the race will be, um, you won't be able to run, you'll be able to you have to hike. So practice hiking. Yeah. And for the, so why do you do back to, I know back to backs and some people may not know what back to backs are, but in ultra running is pretty much where you do two long runs, like back to back. So usually it's a Saturday, Sunday, but it could be two days 
and what what's the benefits um, of having these two back to back long runs? Or what have you seen it benefit for you? Do you, is it something you? It seems like it's something you strongly believe in because you 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 yeah. mentioned it a lot. So your body's tired. You know, the first day you you're fresh. You know, you're fresh. You're doing. 20 miles and then the next day you are tired so I don't know if you got enough sleep and and you want to train your body when it's tired because at mile 70 80 that's how it's gonna feel your body needs you have to be a little familiar with how you're gonna feel at mile 80 and you know practice those techniques um, uh, that you will practice at those miles. So practice what you're going to eat, practice um, what you're going to tell yourself, what's going to be in your pack, all those things. And that's what you, that's when you can practice those things during those back to back runs. And I think this is the big difference between like road running and ultra running. I think in a training plan is really these back to back long runs. Cause normally on a road, you don't, you don't really do it. You, that's not really the training method you do for. So it's really new when people are getting into ultra running is these back to back. So if you're getting into ultra running, really, really look into back to back long runs and how you can incorporate that into your training plan. Um, there's uh, another question here. Christy adventures. Do you usually get a coach to train to, and keep you accountable? I have never gotten a coach, uh, but I might in the future. Um, I, I think uh, if you have the means to like, go ahead and, and get a coach. Um, um, I've just gone through trial and error through trial and error. Um, my coach is Jose. <laughs> I was gonna say that I think you do have a coach down yeah, there. I mean, yeah. Um and Jose's her boyfriend. Oh, I lost you. He can't hear you. We can't hear you. Is the Bluetooth on? We can't hear you anymore. He ain't hear her because I can't hear her. Did you did you turn on the Bluetooth? You turn on Maybe you can turn off the Bluetooth. You can't hear me? Oh, I think we're back. Okay. There. Okay, good. Okay, that was weird. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so you don't have a coach. So what, what do you do? How do you keep yourself accountable? So, you know, we everyone has different ways. I know you talked about earlier when you talked about consistency and the power and the importance of consistency. How do you keep yourself accountable, especially if you don't have a coach? Like, what, what has helped you kind of, you know, show up? And especially those days where you you just don't feel like showing up, you know, and I'm sure you've had those days. Like, what, what has helped you kind of, like, show up? Um, I think once I commit, I make the commitment, I sign up for the race. I know that I have to train. I have to run. I have to stretch because come race day, whatever you put into training, that's what will come out in the race. That's the only thing. So if I want to do well in that race, if I want to finish, if I want to feel good and I don't want to be crawling to the finish, then I know that I need to train day after day and you know 
most of the day most of the days it works and sometimes it doesn't so um i try to run with a buddy i try to um set up run dates um and plan a mountain like make it fun so i will um like i love climbing mountains so i will find a new peak that i want to do and get my miles that way like i will explore a new area make a drive make a road trip out of it and uh, make it fun for myself maybe you know sometimes i want to run by the beach so i make a date out of it we'll run at the beach we'll take our picnic and we'll spend the rest of the afternoon um um at the beach or we'll go to a national park and explore a new area or get our miles in. And then also, um, you know, discover something new. So just like make it fun either with friends or discovering new areas. And I think that's very important because when, when we start dreading our training or our training becomes a job where it becomes kind of like, Oh, like I have to go. Like, it's like, no, you don't have to run. You get to run, right? You, you get to explore this new trail. You get to, you decide how you want your training to. You can run at the same trail every day for the for the whole training plan, or you could say like you could do what you used to suggest it. You know, maybe you can make a game out of it. Where I'm like, you know what? Every weekend I'm gonna go explore a new trail that I haven't ran. Um, what do you use to find new trails? What do I use? Um, I use Peak Bagger. <laughs> I use the app Peak Bagger to find new peaks and. Um, like maybe I will find something higher elevation or something more technical or, uh, something that has a fire road, or I'll just go onto the map and I'll zoom in and see, um, like what peaks have some prominence. Um, and then I'll go from there, but peak bagger to find mountains. And in peak bagger, you get to like journal, right? All the peaks you have. So you have a collection yeah. of when you peak. So you kind of have like, oh, I peaked all these peaks. I know. I'm like, I, I kind of now I've been wanting to start tracking my peaks, but it's just kind of like, man, I, I've done so many. I don't want to like feel like I've only done a few. But um, yeah, I think. And then peak bagger, peak bagger also has GPX files, right? So people, some people yeah. save the routes there so you can look at that. So it's a, cool, it's a cool app. Yeah, it's a cool app. Yeah. Um, there's another question here. Let's see. Oh. Did it come out? No, I think. It, it, just, um, it was real. She said, did you feel any pain during your 100 miles? And if so, did you take any painkillers? <laughs> I did feel a lot of pain after mile 70. Um, um. I waited until mile 90 to take any painkillers just so it wouldn't ex uh, affect um, uh, my hydration or give me any stomach issues. I waited as long as possible to take any painkillers. But yeah, I started feeling just like little aches and pains and um, like nothing major except for like the swelling of my feet. So I already size up a size and a half. So my feet swelled. So maybe have an extra half a size even bigger than that mm -hmm. just in case um uh but yeah just wait out the the ibuprofen because taking too many is not so good yeah. and did you take caffeine for your 100 miler i did i i weaned myself off caffeine for like 
three, four, three weeks before the race. That way, when I took it during the race, it would just like kick in. And I had um, caffeine pills and coffee. And when did you start? When did you take like, when did you in the race? When did you start taking the when did you take the caffeine? Uh, maybe around um, midnight, midnight, midnight of the of that first day. So what was it? Um, how many hours is that? So you started at six, <laughs> six, twelve, six, yeah, six, like twenty so about, hours in. Yeah, twenty hours. Yeah, about yeah, twenty like hours. 20 yeah. Hours yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like still try to do the math. Yeah, eighteen, twenty hours in. Yeah, you have you have a uh, you still have a full other like kind of another eight hours ahead. Huh? Yeah. Um. You know, let me see what else we have here. I think. That's it. It's just another question is, what do you use for fuel? Um, if anybody else has any more questions, we'll put, write them in the question box. What it, so I'm going to right know we're getting towards the end of the show, but what advice? So one of the reasons I'm, I'm doing these converse, having these conversations is I, I really want to inspire more women to get out on the trails and really, really tackle those longer, like 50 miler and above distance. Because I feel like I feel like 50K, you do see still a lot of females, but once you start seeing that 50 miler, 100K, especially the 100 milers, the woman, you know, the woman list or the, the females that are signed up, it gets really, really small. Um, so what advice or what words of encouragement or anything that you think might, you know, someone who's considering or thinking about a 50 miler or a higher distance to, um, to go for it like what 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 words of encouragement or you know what what i know the main thing is the training block is obviously the higher you know a lot of women are mothers and stuff like that but what advice or you know words of encouragement will you give to those women that are considering those longer distance it's fun it <laughs> is so fun and it's a challenge it's a challenge that you want to you want to overcome, you want to like challenge your body, see what your body's capable and you'll be surprised. Like your body is capable of so much and it's so cool to see, to challenge it and see what it's actually capable of and um, like commit yourself to it and you will be so surprised of, of the good that will come from it. It's just... Um, uh, like that big challenge once you get to the other side you like so so much so much joy and gratitude for your body and what it's capable of doing so uh, just do it just uh, just commit to it it's yeah. it's so fun the process the process is so fun and, and I feel like as females we actually are meant to do endurance like do go run for a long time. Like guys have the gift, which is to run faster. But I think women have the gift to run longer. And I think and I think that's why studies have shown that when you get to like those 200 mile races, or 100 mile races, you actually have women like winning first place. Um, because you kind of have it, it, the speed after a while, you know, these really long distance, not about the speed, it's about endurance. And I feel like that's an advantage women now have there's not much of a difference between the males and the females. Whereas on the sh shorter distance, the males are just, you know, they're naturally faster than, than females. I think there's another question here. 
Um, how does it feel to finish running a hundred miles? <sighs> really fun. It's really fun, but it hurts. <laughs> it hurts so much. Um, and, and what, and you know, how did that, I, I'm actually really curious to also know, like, you know, you, what's the last mile, you know, you're like a mile away from the finish line, you know, you're going to finish. And I'm sure, I don't know, did you have like a flashback of the year of like going from having this fall, it's getting stuck in an avalanche on Mount Baldy, picking up training, feeling great, and then getting injured again. And then now you're running a hundred miles and then you're almost at the finish line. But like, what was going through your mind that last mile as you approaching the finish line, like, or even as you crossed the finish line, like what were those emotions or like, what were their thoughts or did you feel anything? I felt a lot of pain. I felt a lot of pain, but like your body is in so much physical pain, but like your heart, your inside, you are just so, I was just so grateful, so overjoyed to be able to do that, to, to push my body past its limits. Like you think that you will not be able to at mile 70, you think like I still have a 50k to go. I still have 30 miles. How can I do it? And you just surprise yourself. Like your your body's so strong. And I was I was just so grateful to to have overcome that, to give to have been given one more chance to to live and to run and to explore the mountains. I I wanted to make the most of it and just and challenge my body and it recovered it recovered and it did it um and and so can you like you you can all do it you know a lot of hard work but it's doable right yeah well um i don't think there's any more questions cindy but i really want to thank you for thank you know you. joining me today in my first episode of she runs trails um, again the main purpose of this is to educate inspire and empower other women to get out on the trails. Um, now you have another female trail runner out there. You just, Cindy Hikes, make sure you guys follow her if you don't follow her already. Um, yes, she's a, um, an ambassador for also for Ultra, the running shoe company. Um, and so she shares a lot about the shoes that she wears for them. Um, she has an ambassador for the Huma Bean as well. So make sure you check her out. Um, if you guys have any questions, you can always, you know, send us a DM and we're happy to help out. But again, like this is a safe space and I know it's scary, intimidating to try something new and our mind will try to trick us not to do something, especially for the first time. But I think the more you surround yourself with people that are achieving these, these great big things, you realize like, you know, Cindy said like, oh, like you can do it too. Like you see them doing it, you see how doable it is. You can do it too. So um, thank you so much, Cindy, for joining me today. Any last words you want to share? Um, anything you want to share? Um, thanks for having me and be grateful. Be gr grateful for the little things, you know, for the sun rising in the morning. Like we have it so good. We have it so good and we are so lucky to run. So Go out, do a couple miles, and you're going to surprise yourself. It's so addicting, so fun. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So there you have it. Hopefully, maybe some of you get inspired and go out for a run right now. It's 7 p.m., so it's not too late. <laughs>
All right, guys, and we'll be joining. Um, so the IG lives will be every Tuesday. So we'll be having another guest next Tuesday. Um, so hope to see you then. Have a great night, everyone. Thank you, everyone who joined us today. Um, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Good night. Good night.